What is up squad? Welcome back to the Love Your Body podcast. It's your host Avery here and on today's episode we are going to be talking all about oral health. Now I'm just going to really dive right in and you might be wondering why we're talking about this. What does this really have to do with your weight loss goal or your overall health goal? But poor oral health can be extremely dangerous to our health and we need to understand this. If we have poor oral health, this could be linked to respiratory infections, dementia, cardiovascular disease, prostate issues, diabetes, infertility, gut health issues, cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, and other autoimmune diseases. So it's just really important to understand, like I just listed a ton of things that many people struggle with, especially the older we get. And a lot of this can be linked to poor oral health. Now, when we think about it, like how is this the case? Well, we kind of understand how impactful our gut health is on our overall health. We understand that if the health of our gut is not in good shape, our overall health is probably not in good shape either. Our gut is connected to literally everything. Our mental health, our brain, our heart, our lungs, our blood, our hormones, you know, all of it. So when we kind of look at that from that angle, we can understand why oral health is so important because our oral microbiome is the foundation of our gut microbiome, right? Because this is where everything starts. If you think about it, we're eating food, we're drinking drinks, and we're swallowing a lot of saliva throughout our day, right? And so whatever the state is of our mouth clearly directly impacts the state of our gut, which clearly directly impacts the state of our other organs and overall health. Again, your mouth is where digestion actually starts, right? Our tongue, our teeth, and our saliva are working together to break down that food. Our food is moving from the mouth to the esophagus, from the esophagus to, you know, the rest of, you know, the, the order there when it comes to our gut, how our digestive system works. But again, it's really the foundation. And so if we can make sure we're taking care of our oral health, we're not only going to boost the state of our gut health, but also boost the state of our overall health because we are, you know, I guess attacking these things at the foundation. So when it comes to actually taking care of our oral health, ideally we should know some of these basics, right? We understand that sugar contributes to cavities. We understand that we should probably be brushing our teeth every single day and flossing multiple times a week. Like we all either are practicing these things or know that we probably should be. However, sugar is not the only enemy of oral health, right? We understand that it can contribute to cavities, but another huge contributor to cavities are foods like crackers, bread, chips, things like that. I'm just going to throw out some name brands so you can like understand what food I'm talking about. Think of food that gets stuck on your teeth like Chex Mix or Cheez-Its, Goldfish, oh my gosh, Goldfish, Oreos, you know, things that are like getting like stuck on your teeth, right? That kind of food, the yeasty food, bacteria in our mouth love that and not the good bacteria. They're going to feed off that. They're going to multiply this, how plaque is grown and cavities are born, right? So sugar is not the only thing that we need to understand that can contribute to cavities. This is a huge, huge thing because a lot of those foods I just listed are also considered children's food, right? You're going to probably be feeding your children these kinds of snacks. They're going to be wanting these kinds of snacks on top of the sugar they're already wanting, right? And so keeping in mind that it's not just the sugary drinks or food that are contributing to cavities, it's also these very yeasty bread-like foods that are a huge contributor as well, you know? And adults need to understand that too because, of course, a lot of these snacks are just common in general. 
So that's just like when it comes to food, that's definitely something to be aware of. Now, if we're wanting to look on the flip side of things, okay, well, what are some foods I can eat to support my oral microbiome or prevent gum disease? Things like nuts and seeds high in omega-3s are going to be great. You know, salmon, grass-fed beef are going to be awesome sources of food too. Um, broccoli, bell peppers, sweet potatoes, sauerkraut, kimchi, fermented foods are amazing. Green tea, cacao, and foods like that are going to be super helpful for your oral microbiome. So try incorporating those as we go through out your day, out your week. Incorporating some of those foods are going to be really good to support overall good oral health and prevent gum disease. Now the next piece of the puzzle is our products. What we're using to brush our teeth, to floss our teeth, mouth, mouthwash, and stuff like that. This is going to sound super blunt, but conventional products just suck. They truly do. They suck, and I'm going to tell you why. First things first, your toothpaste should not foam. You should not be foaming when you brush your teeth. Foaming in toothpaste is typically caused by the presence of chemicals such as sodium lauryl sulfate or SLS. And SLS can cause irritation to the softer tissues in the mouth. Some people might experience an allergic, allergic reaction to SLS actually. But what it really does is strip away the natural oils and moisture in your mouth. It's going to cause more dry mouth, which is going to increase the risk of tooth decay and gum disease as your saliva plays a crucial role in neutralizing harmful acids and remineralizing your teeth. So long story short, I don't know, I just think this is so funny, like this is a little sidebar, but it's so funny that toothpaste is used to prevent cavities, you know, clean your teeth, but they put ingredients in it that are linked to tooth decay, like make that make sense, and gum disease, actually, sidebar again, but this makes total sense, right, because why not cause those things and pitch you and sell you the solution, but I'm digressing. Um, as we go back and look at this, you know, another thing to keep in mind is SLS can actually cause canker sores and those kinds of allergic reactions in the mouth. So if you try switching to that SLS-free toothpaste for 30 days, you're probably going to notice an improvement. I've actually been using Risewell, which we'll talk about at the end, for almost two years now, and I have not had a single canker sore. And I'm not kidding. I used to get them a lot. And as soon as I switch my toothpaste and products, I do not get them at all. So staying on the topic of these conventional products, fluoride. Fluoride is a huge ingredient or something that we're told that we need, right? Now, I'm not going to go too much into depth on fluoride and why we should probably be avoiding it, but I do, but I will say that there is an overconsumption of fluoride because they've added it into our water. You know, that sounded like a good idea because it's going to boost everyone's oral health. Unfortunately, now we're just over-consuming it on top of using our own toothpaste, mouthwash, and things like that. Um, fluoride is also found in bottled water, not even just tap water. It's found in infant formula, processed cereals, juice, sodas, beer, wine, certain teas, fish and seafood, Teflon pans cigarettes, secondhand smoke, pesticides. So not only is it in our water, in our toothpaste, in our oral products, it's in pretty much a lot of the things that we're exposed to, if you, especially if you are drinking some of these drinks, right? So it's incredibly important to understand where our fluoride's actually coming from and how much of it we're actually being exposed to, right? More and more research is coming out on fluoride and how harmful it actually is to our overall health. And one of the biggest things is that it can actually inhibit our full function of our pineal gland. And this is the gland in our brain that's contributed to creativity, making good decisions, expansiveness, being able to be self-aware. Um, and all of these things are really important because 
this is going to help us, you know, think for ourselves, which is important, make decisions for ourselves, which is also super important. And just being able to be self-aware, have that creativity as a human and fully function because understanding the way that your pineal gland works is something that I believe everyone should be aware of. And they're continuing to do more and more research on, you know, the brain. As we know, we really don't know much about the brain. Um, But understanding what fluoride does, how this can impact your pineal gland, I think is extremely important. Now, kind of going back, um, fluoride actually gained support due to an observation by one man made many years ago, which has progressed into many cities, you know, like we talked about, fluoridating their water and a lot of dentists obviously singing its praises. But over the years, like I just kind of reiterated, I'm just reiterating, the research on fluoride has greatly evolved to the point that we can now see large differences on how it actually works topically versus internally. And I I actually identify the risks that come with that consumption. So that's the idea here is we're consuming it, um, not even just allowing it to stay on there topically, we're consuming it. And that is something to really, really be aware of. Now I want to talk about mouthwash really quickly. So Antibacterial mouthwash should actually be used with caution. You know, it sounds like a good idea, but it actually kills those good bugs in our mouth too. So just like we use oral antibiotics with caution because it can lead to that long-term damage and that microbial balance in the gut, we should also consider the negative effects of mouthwash because it's contributing to killing off those good, that good bacteria. It can cause things like bad breath, which is what mouthwash, again, argues to prevent, right? So it's actually going to wipe out that microbial diversity, which in turn is going to affect the microbiome in our gut and the health of the rest of our bodies. Like we said, it's all connected. The mouth is the foundation. So contrary to what you've been told, especially when it comes to germs and things like this, right? The goal should not be to kill all the germs in your mouth. Some of these bugs actually promote good health in your mouth and the rest of your body, like your heart. So being able to understand that this is linked, it's also linked to our intestinal microbiome which determines, like I said, so much of our health and well-being. So we want to make sure that we're not killing everything off. And when it comes to that mouthwash, again, it should not foam. It should not burn. If it's burning, that's often a sign in our head, oh yeah, like we're getting all the bad things out. But that actually means you're getting all the good things out and stripping your mouth of its natural moisture and drying it out, which is going to just contribute to worse breath and worse overall health. So I kind of briefly ran through a few basics. You know, I like to keep these short, like to keep them to the point in one year, absorb as much as we can out the other kind of thing, right? Um, And as always, you know, I want you to make the best decision for yourself. I just want you to know the information and I want you to explore the information. At the end of the day, if you don't take my words and go on and implement everything that is your choice to make also I'm human so I am also very flawed and opinionated and can be biased we're all biased so this is just a sidebar you know anything I ever say you should always take with a grain of salt and do your own information do your own research first because you are in control of your life you are in control of your health as long as you are educated and you can make the best choice for yourself I support you 100% now with that being said I just kind of walked you through all the negative things about poor oral health, how conventional products suck. So where should you start? What should you do? What does an effective oral routine actually look like then? Um, My very first recommendation here, our first step would just be to tongue scrape, right? Get a tongue scraper on Amazon. They're super cheap. This is 
very effective, just as effective as mouthwash, actually. Um, it helps get that gunk, the bacteria, off of your tongue, which is a huge place where bacteria love to live. And so if you want to take it a step up, you can kind of like dry brush a little bit as well, like use your toothbrush without any toothpaste or water, tongue scrape, and kind of rinse your mouth out. And then we're going to probably floss. Here would now would be a good time to floss in the morning or night, whatever you prefer to do. I'm kind of going through it in a morning routine right now. Floss with a good floss, which we're going to talk about products in a second. And then we want to oil pull probably five to seven times a week, you know, three to four, five to seven times a week, which is the process of typically coconut oil, about a tablespoon, you're just swishing it around in your mouth. For most effective results, you want to do it for 20 minutes, which sounds like a long time. However, if you start implementing it as a part of your routine, I promise it doesn't feel that long. I will do this pretty much mostly every morning and I will do the dishes. I will go for a quick walk. I will do my laundry. I will start preheating the oven and put stuff in the oven for breakfast. You know, any little thing that I can, I'll journal as well. That is already a part of my morning routine. I will just continue on while I'm oil pulling. So it doesn't feel like I'm taking an extra 20 minutes. I'm just doing it while I'm already doing the other parts of my routine. So this is really effective for overall teeth whitening, uh, microbial balance. So this is actually really good for supporting good, healthy microbes in your mouth. So good for your microbiome. Um, it's also really good to prevent, you know, tooth decay, cavities, and things like that. It's really good for overall health. So the most recommended oil is coconut oil, but you can also use castor oil as well. But you want to make sure you're spitting that out into a trash can so you're not clogging up your pipes. And then after that, you want to brush, brush your teeth. And I recommend hydroxyapatite, which is a mineral. Our teeth already have it in it, and it's going to remineralize your teeth, and it is just as studied, um, as effective as fluoride is considered. So really making sure that we're making that switch would be a good recommendation. And after you brush, you don't really want to rinse because you want to let that hydroxyapatite stay on your teeth so it can do its job. It can remineralize, which can help whiten, and brighten, and strengthen your teeth. And it works wonders. I absolutely love it. Now, wrapping this up with some good products, I've got a few recommendations for you. But as you're going through, again, we want to make sure we're finding that SLS-free toothpaste. And if it's going to be fluoride-free, you're going to want to make sure that it has that hydroxyapatite in it, which is, again, the remineralizer, because you still want something to prevent those cavities, strengthen your teeth. You don't want to just go for a fluoride-free toothpaste that has really nothing else in it except like essential oil to make you feel minty, right? Uh, been there, done that. So one of my favorite brands is Risewell. And like I said, I mentioned them earlier. I've been using them for over two years. They've been absolutely amazing. And I use their floss, which also has a hydroxyapatite in it. So when I'm flossing, I'm getting in between my teeth with the mineral. Um, I'm brushing my teeth. They do have a mouthwash that is safe if you prefer the extra cleanness. However, I still don't recommend to use that super frequently. Um, but it is, you know, helpful, which also has the hydroxyapatite in it so you can do a fresh rinse they also have mints expensive but i love them um they're super great and also have that mineral in it to help remineralize your teeth so a lot of great products i think they also sell toothbrushes they have kids toothpaste as well so they have gentle um, toothpaste for children i think they have a birthday cake flavor so they have a lot of really great products i highly encourage you to check them out if you do want to save some money i do have a code for you which is avery jade 10 so a-v-e-r-y-j-a-d-e 10 and it'll save you 10 percent on your purchase which is absolutely amazing for every purchase so um, definitely recommend checking them out like i said i've been using them for a long time have not switched to anything else because they have been the best products i have found and used so far and i absolutely trust what, whatever they sell right now, right as of as I'm recording this episode, right? You know, things always change. And one more recommendation for you, if you 
really enjoyed learning about this. If you want to learn more about your oral microbiome, I highly encourage you to look into it. But a really good follow is Dr. Mark. And if you follow at Ask the Dentist on Instagram, um, I think he has other platforms as well, but I primarily follow him on Instagram. He posts a lot of good information. He actually recommends Rise Well as well. That's a mouthful. Um, and he talks a lot about certain foods, how to support the oral microbiome, um, and just how to take your oral health to the next level. So he has great information, um, really, really helpful. He actually has a website as well that helps you find functional dentists in your area. So he's amazing. Recommend his follow. He shares a lot of really good information. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode helpful. I know it was brief. We didn't go too into depth on all the things. However, I do hope that it got you thinking and it encourages you to dig a little bit deeper, dive into some more of this information and research to understand exactly how your oral health affects the rest of your health because it's incredibly important. And plus, as women, right, we just want to have beautiful, bright smiles, right? So this is all great ways to, you know, whiten your teeth, brighten your teeth, and all that fun stuff. Also, side note, this just popped in my head as I was talking about teeth whitening. If you want non-toxic, safe teeth whitening strips, I like the brand Lumino, which I think is how you say it, but it's L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X, and they have great products, non-toxic, safe to use in your mouth, and really, honestly, great. <laughs> they do a really good job of whitening your teeth, so that was a sidebar, but anyway, I hope this episode was helpful. As always, I appreciate you tuning in. It would mean the world to me if you shared this with a friend or family member that you would feel that would benefit from this episode just as much as you did. I always love chatting with you and I absolutely hope that you crush your oral routine, you start leveling up, you start feeling better, have a bright, clean smile, and we will chat again next week.